Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. It's not dependent upon the weather. Just tap the neighbour next to you. Say, my mood is not dependent upon the weather. Come rain or shine, come rain or shine, God is still on the throne. God is with us. God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Anybody believe that today? (laughs) It's easy how the weather can just descend on us. We've had some beautiful, sunny, cold days, but we've had a lot of rain recently. And listen, it can affect all of us. And I'm so pleased that you've come out. Some of you were, you know, sodden with wet, uh, with rain when you came in. But thank you for being here today. We really do appreciate it. Now, before we launch into the final uh, message of our uh, series, let's talk about faith. Don't put me on the clock just yet, Morgan, because I really do want to just uh, give Ilkeston, and I'll do it with all the locations. I've been traveling around the different locations, and God is doing some wonderful things. You need to know, guys, we are growing. Uh, across Arena Church, we're growing. Sometimes you can look on and think, where is everybody? There's, there's still quite a fluid nature to church, but in all the locations, we are growing, genuinely. There are people who are coming to faith. There are people who are getting connected to groups. There are people going through growth track. There are people who want to be baptized. And uh, we're grateful at all levels, at every age range. You know, the seniors, there's huge growth in Ilkeston at the moment among seniors. And also, uh, with regards to children and young people, we're delighted what God is doing amongst us. Another area where we're growing in is, and this is what I just want to share just for two or three minutes, in the area of our missions. As you know, through our legacy offering, which we have done now for the last five years, and if you want any further information about this and you're pretty new to church or you still haven't given, I want to encourage you still to do so because this legacy offering is above our tithe. Tithes are what we should give to the Lord. Offerings are additional. And this is the additional offering. And we collect it together. And we commit to investing into numbers of different areas. And one of those invested areas was in regards to missions. We have an ongoing missions um, plan, working with missionaries. But this year we wanted to commit to the northeastern part of India. And work with an organization called Mission India. And we made a commitment to actually fund for one year five church planters. It costs £1,700. It's really, really cheap money when you think about it for a year. That's supporting them, that's supporting their families and that's supporting the work of the church. And uh, within that time, they have to get at it. They're trained well. And these are nationals. And I think Morgan will have on the screen just some of the photos. These are our actual church. I can't give you these because literally, I'm I'm not trying to go over the top here. These guys are are under risk for, for the gospel. So I can only give you their first name. I can give you these are the photos of of the guys. There's five of them. And we'll just roll through them. One of them is called Samson. Another one is, please forgive me if I've got the pronunciation wrong, Chandrasing. Another one is called Lopson. Another one is called Bidya Singh. And then the final one is Babu Singh. I think I pronounced the best I can these five gentlemen who are our church planters. We support them. They're on the ground because of your faithful support through legacy offering. 
We just want you to know that that's where part of where it's gone to. And I just want to give you a total uh, statistics. I love statistics. Anybody who knows me, I'm not necessarily a wordsman. I'm a numbers man. I like numbers, okay? And uh, that probably comes from the banking background. But um, I want to just combine, and they've been probably on the ground for the last six months. So this is within a six-month period. This is the total amount and there's four areas. Number one, families reached. 810 families that have been reached in northeastern India for the gospel because of your giving. Secondly, 201 people have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in that six-month period. This is pretty good, guys. 45 people have professed faith. They've been baptized in water. That is very dangerous where they are. They've stepped into actually being baptized publicly, displaying their faith in Jesus Christ. And there's actually been four new churches planted as a result of these brothers and their families. Can we give God a big shout of praise? He is wonderful. Finally, just to say, please... If you are a prayer in this house, we're people of prayer, we're people of the word. We're going to come on to that in a moment. But if you're a prayer, please can I encourage you to pray for these brothers and their families. Please pray for them as they're in this area, of, it's called Assam in northeastern India. That the Lord would continue to bless them and help them and strengthen them and their families. And give them great success, even greater success with carrying the good news of Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful to belong to a church that is committed to not just the locality, but also to the ends of the earth? So finally, we're going to just finish off our series. You can now run the clock, Morgan. Finish with the victory of faith. Please grab your pads and your pens and your mobile phones because I want to talk to you about the victory of faith. We've been taking you on a journey as we've been thinking about, let's talk about faith. We've been talking about saving faith. And let me just say, if you're new here today and you have never stepped into faith in Jesus Christ, that is the first step of faith. It's just believing that he is all those names that we've heard of today. We've talked about the life of faith, how there's a life of faith. We've talked into the walk of faith. We've talked about the test of faith. We've talked about the gift of faith. But today I want to talk about the victory of of faith. Now, I don't do so from a triumphalistic position, but I do want to help you to, to know the Bible records that when Jesus hung upon a cross and Satan really believed that he had done all that he needed to do to destroy the works of God, when Jesus declared, it is finished, it wasn't a cry of defeat. It was a cry of victory. Can I hear an amen, please? It was a cry of victory. He was in that moment saying, I have overcome the works of darkness. It is now finished. The finished work of Jesus Christ through the cross. And then three days later, he was resurrected into life. Death, the Bible records, could not hold him down. I want you to know today, those who will pass from this life into the life to come, and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you will not taste death. You will pass instantaneously from this life into the life to come. And you will be in the marvelous, wonderful presence of God. What a great place that's going to be. And there is victory through Jesus Christ. 
There is victory through our faith. But I also want to just remind us today that it's important for us to continue to live in the victory of Jesus Christ. Because I don't know about you, but it's very, very easy to become battle weary. Give me a wave if you've ever been battle weary and you're a Christian. You've just felt under the cosh. You felt like, uh, you know, you can almost feel despairing. You can almost feel like you're, dis- you're dismaying. You can, you can just feel like you just, you've taken too many knocks. You've taken too many chunks out of it. I mean, am I speaking to anybody? And, and you, just, you just feel, you, you, you love Jesus, but it's just, you don't feel victorious. Well, today I want to talk to you about how we can live in the victory of faith. So we already know that Jesus has already won the victory. We already know that the victory is ours. But now what we've got to do, what we've got to learn to do as Christian believers is live in that victory day by day by day. Tap the neighbor next to you and say, I am going to live in the victory of Jesus. Come on, just do it. Now, what I want to try and do, really, really simple, there's going to be nothing complicated about this message, trust me. If you are a Bible student, you will have read these passages that I'm going to go to. But I am just going to hopefully, with the help of God, I'm just going to unravel some thoughts that are going to help us in our day-to-day living. Because you need to know the battle is fierce. If you don't know it, You need to know it. The battle is fierce. Let me just make this statement. We don't glorify Satan. We don't glorify the evil one. We don't try to do that here, church. But we recognize that he is real. He is a very real living foe. The Bible says that he goes around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. There are big things that he throws into our lives. There are the big things of life. Let me just name some that when we start to feel very angry, somebody has wronged us, really wronged us, whatever that may look like for you. And there's not just anger in your heart, there's murder in your heart. And some people go somewhere. They're big things. We think about the big sins, don't we? Murder. That's a big sin. We think about other things about sexual immorality. There are people who do all kinds of perverse kinds of things. By the way, if you have done those things, you are still welcome here. God loves you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you as you are. But there's always a way back to God. So even if you've been in the big things, I want to know that there's always a way back. There's always redemption back. That's good news, isn't it? For every person. I really believe that. That's why there's a great ministry happening in the prisons where people are who have done horrible things to people and God has done a remarkable thing in people's lives. Thanks be to God. His desire is that none should perish. So these are the big things. We can look around and we can be there and here's another big thing and we start to think of of adultery in our heart. It's a big thing. And we think, oh, I'll have an affair. It won't hurt anybody. It always hurts everybody. They're the bigger things. But what I've realized is this victory over faith for many Christians is not necessarily in the big things because we know that those are wrong. It's in the little things. It's in the little things. It's, It's the little drip, drip, drip of the tap. Drip, drip, drip. They just gnaw away. Or there's a gnawing away 
in those smaller areas of our lives. So we carry a little bit of bitterness. Drip. 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 And it's just a constant drip of bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred. The little things in our lives that want, I want to tell you that Jesus, Jesus wants you to gain victory over. It's not just the big things, it's also in the little things. Now Jesus has given us everything that we need. I'm so glad that he didn't leave us on our, on our own. When he, when he went back to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit to live amongst us. And I'm, and I'm very glad that the Holy Spirit resides in me and enables me to live this life of faith and this life of victory. But there are some things that the Holy Spirit is constantly wanting to whisper in my ear to help me. But oftentimes we often don't hear or we've never heard this stuff before. And some of you may be in, the, in one category where you've heard this but you're not living in it and this is a reminder. Some of you have never heard this stuff before and this is going to be a great help and a great uh, help for you to, to live in victory. Does all this make sense? So you may say, well, what is it? Well, before we get there, let's read a passage of Scripture because there's a man who talked a lot about faith in the New Testament and he was an apostle. He was a great leader. His name was Paul. And this is what he says. And that about wraps it up. I'm going to read from the message of Ephesians in chapter 6. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. So take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued. So that when it's over, all over, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. Here Paul is describing... A battle, and he uses phrases like, and it's the contemporary version. In a moment, we're going to read from a traditional version. That's what I'm going to break down. But just for a moment, just come with me for a moment. Because the contemporary language makes statements like, this is no weekend war. This is not just a little skirmish. This is for life. This is for keeps. If you have stepped into faith, you are in a battle. And I want to tell you again, not to give honour to Satan, but he hates your life. He hates everything about what we do in here. That's why sometimes you can feel, I don't know if you've ever walked away and thought, the worship didn't quite get there. Well, that can be many, many reasons why. But let me say, it's often not the guys on the platform's fault. It's what's going off in us. And there's a battle that wages, and, and you may say, Christian, do you believe this? I really do. I've seen it. I've seen it too often. I've seen it over three decades, four decades. I know it to be true. 
There is a war. He hates the people of God worshipping the God who needs to be praised. And he will do everything he can to distract us. Some of you are nodding. You know it. That is why he tried to silence me in worship. I'll come on to that in a moment. He didn't want me worshipping God. Didn't want me breaking out in worship. Doesn't want you praying. Why is it that every time we can step into a spiritual battle and we just feel tired? Well, it's because we're in a battle. I, I, I am absolutely shattered, usually, once I've been here on a Sunday. It's not because you guys wear me out. It's because I understand the spiritual weight of what we're in. And I understand there's a battle that we have to press into. I recognize as a minister of the gospel, and we're all ministers of the gospel, but as someone who's called to preach the gospel, I am really contending for the hearts and minds of people. His desire is that none should perish. That's my desire. And I recognize that the enemy comes and he tries to do what he can. Let me tell you, he is the father of lies. He doesn't know how to speak truth. All he knows is lies. And the sole intention of Satan is that he will come and he will steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he wants to do. Wants to rip off your life. Wants to kill your life. But it goes even worse. He wants to obliterate any memory of your life because he wants to completely destroy you. That is his sole intention. Jesus said, my purpose is that the people will have life and life in all of its fullness. Who wants the offer of Jesus today? Who wants life and life in all of its fullness? There's about four of you. I'll ask you again. Who wants life and life in all of its fullness? There's the offer. But we have an enemy who comes and we've got to understand this and we've got to learn how to battle. Now just before I go to Ephesians 6 in the traditional and basically the last part, I'm just going to break it down. I'm just going to speak some truth into you and this really we, we literally could be a whole month series I love this stuff but we're going to try and do it in the next you know 18 minutes but before we get there there's a bible verse in 1 John 5 verse 4 I've flicked you around Morgan so please forgive me but if we can get it on the screen this is what John writes thinking of our faith he says this for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. Everybody say, through our faith. So we achieve the victory through our faith. We don't achieve the victory through good works. We don't through the, achieve the victory through drivenness. We don't achieve victory through, you know, exercise. We achieve this victory over this evil world through our faith. Victory through our faith. And then he goes on to say, and who, verse 5, and who can win this battle against this world? What a great question. Well, if you're outside of faith, you will never be able to overcome the battle that is contending against you. Because the Satan doesn't just hate Christians, he hates everybody. That is why there's so much destruction in this world. But John then goes on to say, only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Those kinds of people will overcome this evil world and will have victory through our faith. Oh, I'm dead excited about this. I can see some of you, the penny's not quite dropped yet. There is victory in our faith. So, if we're in this filthy war... 
If we're in this battle, what do we need to do? Well, it tells us that we should come prepared. We need to ready ourselves and we need to equip ourselves with armory. I want to take you now to the traditional version of Ephesians chapter 6. And if you've heard messages like this before about the full armor of God, please stay with me. Because there may be something new that we're going to learn. I want to, before we read from Ephesians in chapter 6, and we're going to begin at verse 10, Paul uses some vivid illustration in the New Testament of a Roman soldier. Now the context of what we were in is the first century and the Romans had conquered the known world. They were everywhere. And Roman soldiers were everywhere. It's similar to the streets of London. If you go around the streets of London, you'll know there's lots and lots of policemen. We were there in the summer. There always seems to be lots of policemen around. They're just marking our streets because, of course, it's primed for attacks. And this was like the the first century that Paul was speaking into, was writing into, because the Roman soldiers would be just walking around. And they were in their full armory, armory gear. They were just making sure that everything was as it should be, as Rome wanted it to be. And he used used an illustration that people would get and people would understand this imagery of a Roman soldier. And this is what Paul begins to speak into to help the Christian church to know how to equip themselves. I hope you've got that. He takes the the imagery and the armory and says, this is how you should equip yourself as Christian believers. So let's read it, shall we, from Ephesians 6 and verse 10. These are more familiar with many of us. He says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on, everybody say put on. Put on, put on the full armor of God. So you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let me just pause there for one moment, just to say that oftentimes we get caught up with flesh and blood. Our battle is not with flesh and blood. There's a spiritual battle that's going on beyond what we can see. It's in the invisible realm. You may say this is a bit supernatural. Yes, it is supernatural. It's very dark. But there is a battle that's going on. There is a wage that is warring. And as I said, it's for the hearts and minds of the earth. People on this earth. And oftentimes we pick in fights with people. It's not people. That bad boss, I'm not trying to say he's demonized. He may well be, or she. But oftentimes we, we, we waste them. It's what's behind them. Particularly as Christians, I've had people who've disliked me. I mean, what's there to dislike about this? I mean, come on. Come on, guys. I mean, I'm joking. I've had people who've fallen out with me just for the sake of falling out. I mean, what have I done? I've done nothing to them. I've, all I've done is want to be good towards them. Now, there is something behind it. And this is what Paul's saying. So then he says, let's continue. Therefore... He says it again. 
put on the full armor of God. Twice he says to us, and this is what I'm trying to help you, how you can overcome victory day by day against the drip, drip, drip and the big things is put on. Put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, he uses that because he knows there's going to be a shaking. You're standing and then there's a shaking and afterwards you'll still be able to stand. Is that good news? So as you're standing in the battle, the battle comes. Let me tell you, you will not be lying on the floor. You'll be still standing when the day of evil comes. Yeah, come on, if we're going to do it, let's not do the golf hand clap. So then he describes this armour. And I'm going to have to go at some pace because I want to labour over every one of them. But just to say this, this is straight from the scripture. Let's just carry on then, shall we, Morgan. He says this, stand firm then with a belt of truth. I don't apologize for asking you to speak out. I don't nor always do it, but I want you to say the belt of truth. There's just something about the confession of this message today. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. Now I've got a belt here today and it's to keep my britches up. That's an old fashioned word for trousers, okay? To keep my trousers up. But they wore the belt of truth that was girded around the loins. An old traditional version says, gird yourself with the loins of truth. I don't want it to be too personal here for both men and women, but it's pertinent for men that there was a guard needing to be around here. I was speaking about this in another context. Darren was there and one guy started shouting out and telling us why we needed to do it. And I went, okay, let's, we've, we've got it. We don't need any more in our imagination. This was in our hub campus. We've got it. Okay, thank you. It was girding our loins with the belt of truth, protecting vital organs. Let me encourage you today to put on the belt of truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you are not free today, it's because you have not met the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Put on Jesus. Put on the belt of truth. As you know this truth, you'll be wonderfully set free. And by the way, you can't just put the armor on and say, oh, I've got it on, it's week by week. You've got to put, put it on every single day. Put on this belt of truth. Buckle it around your waist. I need to move quickly. Time, because of time. Secondly, he then says, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, do you know that those who have Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and are now following him. You've had an exchange. You may be dressed in filthy rags. Your sin, your shame, your embarrassment. That was, my, that was my story. And in that moment of exchange, there was a divine exchange. Because Jesus said to me, take off that cloak. Take off those filthy rags. Take off that sin. Take off that shame. It's all forgiven. And here's 
Give it to me. Now I want to give you something new. I'm now clothing you with my righteousness. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> I've never done anything wrong. I'm good. I'm clothing you with my righteousness. Right. Why? Because it would stop any fiery darts or any sword going into their heart and it would protect. It would be a shield of protecting, protection around your heart. Some of you need to know that you are covered by Jesus. You are wonderfully saved. If you have stepped into faith, you are wonderfully saved. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. You have been given the clothing of righteousness. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. When the devil says to you, oh yeah, but I remember your past and I remember your present and this is going to be your future, you remind him, no, I've been clothed with a breastplate of righteousness. I am forgiven. I am secure in the knowledge that God loves me and has forgiven me and has cleansed me and I put on the breastplate of righteousness. You could see how I just want to labor, but I need to move on because we've got a four more things we've got to go through. But we're getting something of just some seed thoughts. What about now? He says then, put on, get your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. This is quite an unusual one, and I've thought about this, and I've reflected on it. And by the way, what's happened, Des, recently, and I've given you a little bit of a picture, and Caroline's aware of this. I've been in a battle. I've been in a battle. And it's been for some time. And I forgot some of these principles. So why it's living fresh in me is because I've been doing it every single day. Caroline said to me yesterday, what are you doing? I says, I'm going to go out in the garden. I'm going to put some worship music on. And I want to get, do some, some manual labor, which is good for you. And everybody said, amen. <laughs> and then I'm going to put on some worship music. What was I doing? I, I, I'd woken up not great. Caroline knew it. Sometimes you wake up like that, don't you? Or am I the only one? Oh, clearly I am. You've all said I am. I needed to put on the the armor of God. So that's what I did. But I've reflected on this one. Have your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel because what's that got to do with armory? Well, all I want to say to you is this. Put on your combat boots. Put your best foot forward. Get yourself ready to go and share this good news. The Bible tells us in Revelation, how do we overcome Satan? We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I want to say, as you go with your testimony and you share it wherever you are, you are going with your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. There's something very powerful as we put ourselves, as we put our combat boots on, and as we put our foot, best foot forward, and we share good news. I want to tell you, it's not a, just a form of defense, it's a form of attack. Does that make sense? And then he goes on to say, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith. So let me recap for a moment. We've put truth around our belts. We've got righteousness. We've now got our feet, our combat boots, we're putting our best foot forward. Now he says to us, take up the shield of faith. 
Somebody was saying to me this last week. It's not mine. We were talking about this. Another minister of the gospel. And he said, you know the shields? He says, how it really works is this. In the Roman uh, military and regiment, they would so link their shields together. That's why unity is so important. They would link their shields together. And the way that they would establish if there was strength in the armor and strength in the unit was that they would ride, get this, horses and chariots across the shields. So they would be in uniform and they would put their shields like this and they would ride horses and chariots. Can you imagine the weight to make sure there was no breakage in those shields? I want to tell you, this is a picture again. As, as we raise up our shields of faith together, no matter what the enemy throws out against us, if we are united, we will stand. He also says to me, reminded me that the shield of faith they would take their shields and they would bathe them in water. They would bathe them in water before they went into battle. Why? Because the fiery arts, uh, arts? Fiery, there are fiery arts as well, but fiery darts that were coming to hit the shield. You imagine when, when fire hits water, what apples? It happens, it sizzles. It goes out. I want to encourage you, allow your faith to be drenched in the presence of God. Allow your life to be drenched in the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Bible describes God the Spirit in many forms, but he also talks about coming to the water and drinking. I want to encourage you to drink from that well every single day, yes? And allow that to be filling up. Your faith, because it says as we take up the shield of faith, we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And those who were taking notes, the other thing is the shield wasn't just a form of defense. It was also a form of attack. If we had time here and we had a number of us, we would be able to march forward as we went with the shields. March, march, march. And we would be able to march together in unison into enemy lines. It's not just a defense. It's also attack. Then he says, take the helmet of salvation. If you've ever seen the picture of the Roman soldier, it wasn't just like a little cap. Some of you trendy guys, you love preaching in caps and leading in caps. And I quite like wearing a cap on occasions. But this wasn't a cap. This was a helmet. And this helmet covered both front and back. We literally could spend a lot of time here, but just to say, this helmet of salvation that we are talking about is a sense in which Paul, and he was the one who says this, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. He also is the same guy who wrote this who says, and we should take captive of every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Every single day when the devil is reminding you of your past, when he's trying to say you don't have a future, you need to put on the helmet 
of salvation. Am I speaking to anybody today? You need to take God's word in your heart and in your life. You need to have probably 10 scriptures that you commit to memory, not paraphrasing, but begin to live in you and you remind yourself of who you are in Christ Jesus and what God is doing in your life. And that is the helmet of salvation. You're putting it on day by day. You know battles where they begin? Here. Here. We begin to think all kinds of things about people, about stuff, about situations. And most of it, can I just help you, isn't real. Things begin to happen. And we need to put on the helmet. You know the freest of people are those who put on the helmet of salvation? The free. They're free in their minds. They're not allowing the rubbish of the enemy to get a hold of them. We need to put on the helmet of salvation. We need to renew our minds day by day. And then finally, he says, and we need to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He finishes with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, because I want to tell you it is impossible to put on the full armor of God if you are not in your Bibles. Jesus himself, and you know this, that's why I said it's a simple word, but you know it. When Jesus was tempted, the Son of God who became fully human was tempted by Satan himself. If you don't know this, you're now getting something. Most of you do. Even he used God's word. For it is written. He knew exactly what, how, to de- how to defend and attack against all the evil forces of darkness. Some people try to get along with Christian life by reading very little of the Bible. You're more into GQ, Maxim, Hello, Country Living, Sky Magazine. And you think that's going to get you where you need to get to. By the way, if you read some of those, I don't know all of those, but... And I'm not saying they're bad, but there's some I wouldn't give the time of day to. What I'm trying to encourage you is, is have God's word coursing through your life. Knowing God's word, so when he comes against you, you're able to use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You're able to remind him and yourself what God has said about you. You know, there are many times when I have the whisper in, the, in my ear that I am useless, that I am pathetic. Anybody else have those kinds of things? I'm useless, I'm pathetic, I'm a nobody, I'm a waste of time. You know, God, God's finished with me, I'm not saved, I'm not a Christian. Anybody else have those kinds of things? Well, how do we overcome him? By the word of God. By getting scriptures in our hearts so we know. So when he says, I'm, I'm pathetic, I remind him, no, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, by the way. Well, you're a nobody. Well, God says I'm somebody. And actually, God says he goes with me. In fact, God says he resides in me. Take the word of God. Now, two minutes to finish off. Let me recap. Truth. Respite of righteousness. Get your feet ready. Get that shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. Get your sword in your hand. Have you got it? Oh, come on. Have you got it? Okay. So how do we apply this? Well, I think just very practically, because you may say, well, I still can't grasp it. 
There are four things I want to encourage you into that will help you in your victory in this life. Number one, daily, and this is the application, walk daily in worship and praise to God. You may say, Christian, you don't hear me sing. No, I probably don't, but God does. I've heard some of your voices. We definitely don't want to hear you sing. I mean, I'm Pavarotti, by the way. You do know that, don't you? I mean, I've, I've just, you know. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He says, use, use our lips to worship and praise him. What I've realized is this. In this season that I've been through, the enemy wants to rob me of my praise. Why is that? Because Satan wants praise to him. And he doesn't want the people of God to praise God. When Andy's been encouraging us to raise the praise, that's why we're in a spiritual battle. I want to encourage you. It's not hyping you up. There's something that happens. So then you say, well, that's okay on a Sunday, but what about on Monday? And I'm not a great singer. And I don't know what to sing. Well, neither do I. I tend, Rob, to get all the words wrong. It doesn't bother me, because God knows. What I've started to do is just put on my playlist... Spotify, if you've got such things, or Apple Music or whatever, just put some worship. I like listening to the radio. I've stopped listening to the radio at the minute. I'm putting worship songs on. And by the way, I've gone old school. I've gone old school. That song that we sung there, some of you are saying, old school, that's new. No, it's an old song. I worship you, almighty God. But I worship and praise God. Something happens. I want to tell you, the devil flees when we begin to worship and praise God with pure hearts. Secondly, read God's Word. Just get God's Word in you. We can help you. This lovely lady does a Bible plan that's remarkable. Every month, just laboring over it. I honor you for it, Sue. I really do. It's terrific. You may say, well, I don't know what I read. There's a Bible plan there. There's a few verses. There's some thoughts. It's lovely. It's terrific. It's bodybuilding. There's no excuses, guys. There's no excuses. Read God's Word. Thirdly, fellowship with others. I don't just want bums on seats. I understand, I, the power of fellowship. That when I get with this man, he says something good to me and I say something good to him. It's not backslapping, but there's something about the fellowship of God, the encouraging of one another. Am I speaking to anybody? Yeah. We want you to leave this place better than you came. Yeah. That happens through worship and prayer, through the word of God being preached and through fellowship. One with another, having a laugh with this man. He can't wait to get me out of this service. He's a massive Forest fan. He looked at me across the way. We're like, yeah, I know, Roy. It's all coming, I know. I had Tim Bustle on the WhatsApp. I know. That's fellowship. That's fellowship. Lastly, prayer. Develop a pattern. I don't know what to pray. Well, just talk to him from your heart. Jesus, I just need your help. Eric Hobson used to say, just send up an SOS prayer. I get it. If all it is is help. He knows, he hears. Help. I've got trouble with my family. Tell him. 
But also take some time to just thank him. Because when you read God's word, you begin to see who he is. And you begin to thank him. Oh God, you are almighty God. You are my prince of peace. You're my wonderful counselor. I don't know what to say in that meeting tomorrow. But you're my wonderful counselor. That happens through prayer. And as we do these things and apply these things and as we put on the armor of God, oh, let me just say one final time. We, when the battle ranges, we're standing. And we're not standing all like, oh, get over this. No, we're standing. If I can say this, we're standing. Does that, I'm not, we're standing. Why? Because I'm fully equipped. I'm standing. And when the battle rages, guess what? We're still standing. The people of God are still standing. We don't want any of you to fall. We don't want any of you to fall away. And you will if you don't apply these principles to your life every single day. Did you receive the word of the Lord? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.